Alternative Radio. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and this is Stranger Than. Uh, today we have things to tell you. And, uh, you know, Joanna's got some things. Maybe I'll have some things, but we, we've got things to say. And I hope you're ready to listen to things. Things and stuff. I don't know if there's going to be that much stuff. <laughs> Only things I, today, huh? I, I think this might just be a thing episode, but we'll see. We'll see. Who know, Who really knows? All right. So why don't you start us off, Joanna? Tell us about your thing. And if there's stuff, feel free to add the stuff. But I mean, otherwise. Well, my thing is going to be talking about the real um, conjuring house, the true life conjuring house, and like the case of the parent family. Have the you seen conjuring the conjuring house? I, uh, which one is that? That's the one. I mean, that's got the, 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 the folks. Yes, the, there's uh, some folks in there. Um, <laughs> no, but it's got uh, uh, Lorraine and... Uh, Ed and um, Lorraine Warren, Yeah, yes. Ed and Lorraine, yeah, they had the Warrens. Yeah, and it's the one, it's, it's like the first one. It's the, fir the first movie one, or the first yes. one one? It's the, it's the first movie one. It's the, it's the one where it's the, the haunted house in, in Rhode Island. Oh, okay. And it's got like the five daughters. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, directed by James Wan, and it came out in 2013, and it is my daughter Scarlett's, like, favorite movie. Like, I she, think that I've only... She's been watching it for years, right? Uh, yes. That's, like, her comfort movie. I'm pretty sure that I've only seen it in passing when she's been, like, over, when you guys have stayed here or whatever. Yeah. And, and she's just, like, had it on. But I think, like, I haven't seen much more than just... That would not that. surprise me if at some point when we've been staying with you that she's like, let's put on The Conjuring. I'm pretty sure one day I came home from work and you guys were watching The Conjuring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's like her favorite thing to put on. Uh, fortunately, I discovered recently that I had a Blu-ray of it I'd forgotten about. And oh. so now I'm like, OK, here's your Blu-ray of The Conjuring. You're going to put use the Blu-ray at all times because, uh, you know, we, we are on a capped Internet plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. we need to not stream things that we own, especially ones that you want to watch over and over and over again. So Yes, definitely. So, yeah. And it is based on the true life events of the Perrin family in their home in Rhode Island. However, I mean, there was definitely some liberties taken. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, I mean. These it's aren't Hollywood. documentaries. These things are made for people to like watch and, and be scared right. and enjoy. Right. And, and it is I a mean, pretty scary movie. Um, yeah. It, it's a good one. I like it. I like it. And the Perrin family and uh, Lorraine Warren both consulted on the film. And yeah, both gave it their blessing, can... even though it was, you know, like the, a lot of it was highly fictionalized. They both, you know, liked I think the finished that, product. Uh... Well, I think wasn't Ed dead by that at that point? Ed was Ed died, Ed in, died in, yeah. in 2006. Oh, okay, so it's late to um, early to yeah, okay. Yeah, Ed died in 2006 and then Lorraine died in 2019. Yeah, she just died recently, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that she was like hip to all of the movies that they were putting out. Yeah, but yeah, this came out in 2013, so she definitely had some input on yeah. on the film. And so I'm just going to talk about like the real Conjuring House. The one that is depicted in the film was built on set in North Carolina. It is not the actual house. 
interestingly enough, the the house that they built was like less haunted looking than like the real place. <laughs> <laughs> the real um, parent house, uh, which is often referred to as the old Arnold estate. Uh, it's pretty rustic looking, although when the parents lived there, it was like whitewashed. And so I, I kind of liked it whitewashed a little bit better, IMO. Um, it's been restored to more of what it looked like when it was originally built. So it's like more like rustic and like, like you know, wood siding, like kind of cabin-esque. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More, more like. It's, it's like a two-story house, but it's like a really, like one of those ones where it's like, still it looks like one story but it's actually like two in part of the house and then it's kind of like a little there's like a little house attached to the big house and oh yeah 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 um pretty rustic looking it was built in 1736 and at the time that the parents purchased it it sat on 200 acres of land wow yeah and it was uh it was a 14 room house and like over 3000 square feet so it's bigger than it might appear from the outside um but yeah yeah, old ass motherfucking house right there. Yeah, seriously. 1736. I mean, it is almost 300 years old at this point. That's fucking old as shit. <laughs> yeah. The Perrin family moved there in 1971, January of 1971, and began experiencing disturbances almost immediately. At first, they were pretty harmless. Uh, Carolyn Perrin, so it was Carolyn was the mother, Roger was the father, and they had five girls, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April. And the girls ranged from age 13 to 8 years old at the time that they moved into the house. Yes. Man, that is... That's a lot of real. That's a lot of kids real close together. Yeah, and all <laughs> girls. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Like dad was like, "I need a son. Need a son. Need a son." And after five, was like, "All right, vasectomy." Not <laughs> happening. Not happening. Carolyn Perrin, the mother, claimed to have noticed that the broom would move from place to place or disappear altogether. And sometime later, she would notice small piles of dirt in the center of a freshly swept floor. So apparently the broom was, you know, sweeping by itself or a ghost was sweeping up and, you know, just leaving her little piles of dirt ready to, you know, get put into the dustpan and into like the Fantasia trash. Fantasia style. I know that is exactly what it reminded me of was Fantasia. Uh, also the sword and the stone. Oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. right. When uh -huh. uh, when yeah 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 when he's all like helping when Merlin Ward, packs up yeah. and, or mm -hmm. when when Merlin's helping Wart clean all the dishes. Yes, yeah. yes, I love that scene. That's the greatest. No, that is a good movie. It is a good movie, and what a helpful ghost just sweeping up. Um, if any of the ghosts in my house are listening, I could really use some help with my dishes. And you need to get some laundry. brownies, which is what you need to get. Oh, like from uh, what's it? The fairies. The little fairies that clean yeah. your house. Yeah. Oh, oh, brownies. Okay, you know, I was almost thinking of um God fucking damn it. Why can't I think of that one movie with like the red-headed dwarf? The red-headed dwarf? 
Yeah, he like saves uh, the baby. Are you the, Willow? The, Willow, yes. There's brownies in Willow. Like yeah, there are, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking yeah, that's but, what you were talking about. Yeah. They didn't seem particularly helpful when it came to no. Cleaning. They seemed no. They they weren't. No. Those those were. Yeah, not really the folkloric brownie. Right, but I need those some ones. Clean your house. Brownies. You leave them. You leave them some some cream. Mm-hmm. They they love the cream. They clean your house. If you talk about them, they fuck off. So gotcha. Yeah, I wish I had a couple. I wish I had some brownies around myself. Yeah, wanted brownies. Yeah. Other things that would occur would be that she would hear the sound of something scraping against the kettle in the kitchen when no one was in there. I think maybe the coast just wanted a cup of tea. Maybe. Now, maybe. when the parents had purchased the house, the man who sold them the house had told them that for the safety of the family, they should leave all the lights on at night. I'm I not, hate that. Do you hate that? <laughs> yeah, you hate I mean, leaving lights on at night? Yeah, they just, they just blare into all the dark rooms through the cracks in the doors, and it's just... I hate it, too, and perhaps the man wasn't warning them of evil spirits. Maybe he was warning them against bats, because that's what I've ha- been having to do since the second bat incident in my home. Mm, leave lights on? Yeah, all night long, the lights are ablaze in every room that does not contain a sleeping person because, God fucking damn it, two bats in my house in 11 months. I have had it. Two bats too gone. many. That is two bats too many. You know how, much, how traumatized I was over the first time? And then I have told you the traumatic events, you know, with the bat, with the gaslighting bat, no less. Yep. That ended up in my fucking cat's mouth after hiding in my house for four fucking days and driving me slowly insane. Um, yeah, Insaner. so they, you know, I still can't figure out, like, how they have gotten in the house with every door and window shut. And even if they're getting into some kind of hole, like, you know, like near the the soffits or the siding or something, like, how are they getting from there into the the actual living space? Haven't found any holes in the drywall. I mean, I'm, I'm going crazy, but I know that they don't like light, typically. Yeah. So until I can figure out why the how the fuck they're getting in and why the fuck they are choosing my house. I have talked to my neighbors on either side of me. No one else has had bats in their house. And they all roost in the trees around us. They're all in the neighborhood occupying the big, tall trees that line our street. And so why are they picking my house? I don't fucking know. But for right now, I'm trying whatever I can to deter them. So there we go. I'm being unkind to my electric bill, and yeah, the lights are fucking on at night. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. Because I want to keep the but fucking at least bats you don't have out. Bats. Yeah, the ghosts are like the least of my worries. I can have it dark uh, any other time, but no, I until it is like we are fully into winter, and I am convinced that they are off on you know to their winter roost area. Uh, the lights will lights remain on. on. Yep. Lights are fucking on. I need more lights. Actually, I need some more, more outdoor light. lights. Yes, more outdoor lights. I need I need all the things to to keep bats away because fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> well, the little little girl April had befriended a boy named Oliver Richardson who appeared to her. Um, other occupants of the house have uh, reported that a 
boy who identifies himself as Manny has also made appearances in the house. Manny. Manny. Manny or Oliver. April uh, was told by Oliver that Oliver was his name in life. And the other children report that there was actually a ghost that would come to them and kiss them goodnight, which they mistook for their mother, Carolyn. But uh, they came to find out it was, in fact, not her. Uh, her mo- their mother smelled of ivory soap, and apparently this uh, apparition smelled of flowers and fruit. So, all right. In the beginning, seemed like you know, okay, like you know, little little child ghosts, uh, like a loving mommy ghost, uh, helpful sweeping ghost, maybe a ghost that might fancy a cuppa every <laughs> now and again. Uh, yeah, not not too terrible. As far as hauntings go. However, things would start to escalate over the next couple of years. Of course they would. One spirit began to torment the the daughter named Cindy. Uh, She would come into her older sister's room sobbing because this uh, entity would whisper to her over and over again that there were dead soldiers buried in the walls. Uh, seven dead soldiers, to be exact. Specifically. Yeah, yeah right. specifically, oh. there are seven dead soldiers buried within the walls. Um, I mean, who knows? It That house saw a lot in its day. It was built before the American Revolution, so... Yeah, it's an old-ass house. So. It's an old-ass house. I mean, very well could have, you know, seen some, some wartime activity, both in the Revolution uh, and the Civil War. So, yeah, yeah. who knows? I mean, whether or not they were actually entombed in the walls, like, I guess no one has ever known because the house is still standing. (laughs) Yeah, they haven't knocked the walls down. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, only time will tell. Maybe one day. Maybe one day we'll find that out. Also, the family began to experience horrendous smells that stink of rotting flesh. That's great. I love that. And at 5.15 each morning, their beds would shake, and sometimes the children would be yanked from their bed by their ankles by an invisible force. Yeah, that's starting to get a little uh Yeah, not so unruly. friendly. Yeah, mm-hmm. Roger Perrin would often have to go into the basement to make repairs on the equipment down there, like the furnace and such. And when he would go down into the basement, he would feel, quote, a cold, stinking presence behind him, end quote. <laughs> Great. <laughs> cold, stinking present. That's what yeah. you want. Mm-mm. Now, Carolyn seemed to be the primary target for all, I mean, no matter who was getting yanked out of bed or who was feeling like cold, stinking presences, um... That is even a word. <laughs> uh, Carolyn was uh, suffering much worse. Uh, one day when she was uh, laying on the couch having a nap in the living room, a sharp pain shot through her leg. She examined herself and found a puncture wound on her calf that was bleeding. The wound looked like it had been made with a sewing needle. Huh. Carolyn would also be pinched, slapped, or have objects thrown at her. Jesus. She also 
noticed items missing all the time to the point where she thought she was like losing her mind. And she also felt extremely drained of energy all the time. Um, I don't know how much of that might be haunting. I lose shit all the time and I do not even know what not tired feels like. Right. Sometimes that's just being a busy mother. Or just a person who has uh, chronic fatigue issues, such as myself. I'm a mother, and I have chronic fatigue issues. But who knows? At one point, an apparition appeared to her. Uh, It seemed to be an old woman hanging off to one side with her head was hanging over to one side and she was wearing a gray dress. So it was literally like a bent neck lady. Okay. That's not good. No, we don't like bent bent neck ladies are never good. And apparently it spoke to her and said, get out, get out. I will drive you out with death and gloom. Jesus. So not a nice lady Mm-mm. either. Mm-mm. That, no. Not just someone with like a really bad case of scoliosis, but no, or uh, rheumatoid arthritis. I yeah, have seen no. like actual like bent neck people from that. It's unpleasant. At that point, a family friend who had heard about the Warrens and the research that they did approached the Warrens in Connecticut when they were like doing some sort of lecture in Connecticut and asked them to come to the house. So unlike in the movie where uh, Carolyn Perrin sets out to to find them and, and enlist their help, it was actually a family friend, I believe her name was Barbara, who enlisted the Warrens' help. Carolyn was open to it. Her husband, Roger, not so much. He mostly wanted to um, just kind of bury his head in the sand. And yeah, nothing's not, happening. Everything's yeah, fine. Everything's cool. There's an explanation for all of this, even though you know, doors would open by themselves. Pictures would be flung from the wall. Yeah. Uh, the attacks on Carolyn were growing increasingly violent. Yeah. Like, no, there's nothing going on. Yeah. There's nothing. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, Ed and Lorraine showed up, and Lorraine claimed that immediately she felt a dark presence in the house. Carolyn, in the meantime, had been doing some research. Um, don't really have a whole lot of solid sources for her research, but according to her own research... She had found that there have been, like, several suicides, hangings, murders, poisonings going on in the house. And she told Ed and Lorraine about one person in particular, one Bathshista, I'm sorry, Bathsheba Sherman, uh, who had allegedly murdered a baby in her care it was not her own baby but a baby that she was watching with a sewing needle by putting a sewing needle into the base of its skull and uh lorraine really latched onto that and decided that the bent neck lady who was tormenting carolyn was none other than bathsheba sherman bathsheba bathsheba she was a real person, so she was born Bathsheba Taylor in 1812 in Rhode Island, and she married Judson Sherman on March 10th, 1844. 
she actually didn't live on at, on the property on the Arnold estate. She was like a neighbor to the Arnold estate. I see. She had a farm and she had one son Herbert who lived you know who outlived his parents um That's good. allegedly That's what you want though from your she kids. had yeah <laughs> allegedly though she had three other children who did not live past the age of 7 now there's no uh, official record of these children but um, records are dicey back then anyway records are dicey and it didn't appear on the official census but i mean if they were still doing census taking every 10 years it could be very well that they all the children died you know in between between censuses yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 very true so yeah, and and I guess at some point she was watching somebody else's baby, and this baby died under mysterious circumstances. A medical exam of the baby had determined that a large needle had pierced the base of the skull of the baby, and that is how the baby died. Yeah, there was do it. Yeah, there was like an inquest, but she was never charged with a crime. Because she was a woman, or because there was just no evidence, I guess that it was actually sometimes they'd be like, "Oh man, you're just you're just you're just a woman. You didn't know, right? Like there's there's no way. Are there any slaves around that we can blame? Like right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact because, like I said, the the records are pretty dicey. Yeah, and um, yeah. She was never formally charged, so that much is known. Of course, of course, though, she was like an outcast for the rest of her life. The neighbors all suspected that she had sacrificed the baby to Satan and that she worshipped the devil and that she was a witch yada 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 and that was an idea that yeah that was an idea that lorraine really reinforced too while they were you know helping uh the parents like it was like yes Bathsheba is a demon and uh she's evil and she's the one who is causing you all this physical harm i think i mean I think it's all in the name. I mean, Bathsheba, like, what a fucking name. Right? Like, I feel like if her name had been, like, Mary Frances or something. Like, maybe it wouldn't have been so. Mm-hmm. But maybe Bathsheba. It have, yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been such a thing. And, I mean, it's not good to have a baby die in your care. No. No, it's not really. It's, uh, you're not supposed to, like, allow that for that to happen. Right. And, I mean, whether that was accidental or who knows. I mean... Yeah, maybe she had a knitting needle in her hand because it was it was either a large sewing needle or a knitting needle. Maybe she had it in her hand and she was just, you know, shaking the baby like you are also not supposed to do. And it like, you know, like its head went back and like got pierced by the knitting needle. Who knows? They just Uh, put the baby down on the needle on accident. Yeah, you never know. You never know what happened. But for, you know. I but mean, Bathsheba. obviously, yeah, but but because her name was Bathsheba, I think uh, it's a biblical name. It is a bib. I mean, yeah, I could tell that thing. without even like verifying it. I'm like, that sounds very Old Testament to me. Yeah, she was the wife of Uriah the Hittite, and then later of David. Mm-hmm. She was the mother of Solomon, who was the next king after David. Yeah, I think Solomon was the one that had like a ton of fucking wives. Yeah, uh, that's some, some that's some with the big Old guy. Testament shit. So yeah, I don't know yeah. when you when you sport a name like that. I don't know. People are just gonna have an idea about you. I think. 
So, uh, you know, parents of Bathsheba, like not a good choice in names. I, I, yeah, I feel like know. it's all in the name. And then Lorraine Warren heard the story about the, the baby dying, allegedly of the needle. I mean, there's no even record of that, but uh, apparently but there the was. Story. Yeah, it's just a story. There was an inquest, but she was never brought up on charges. Yeah, so yeah. that's it. That's that. Now. Rumor has it that when she died, she turned to stone because, of course, she was like an evil witch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I'm that sure she that died happened. of this like unknown paralysis. She died at 73 in 1885, four years after her husband died, and wow. probably just had a stroke, I would imagine, yeah. is the unknown paralysis. So, probably. I don't think there really is anything like weird about her death. Except that it took so long to happen because it was the fucking 1800s. I know. 73 is a, a ripe old age. Yeah. Back then. Uh, she's buried. Her, her grave is located in the cemetery in Harrisville, Rhode Island. And now there is no gravestone that marks her burial plot because it has been vandalized so much really? over the years because of like the movie i mean oh, she was yeah, already yeah, like yeah. demonized a lot but in the like the, and, the telling yeah. of the story to yeah ed and lorraine um andrea who has written several she's written like three volumes of stories about their time in the arnold estate she actually thinks that it was a different spirit. Um, uh, Mrs. Arnold, the spirit of Mrs. Arnold, who died in 1797 at the age of 93 by hanging herself. Ooh, although, Jesus. Yeah, although um, they couldn't find really any official records of that. There was a Mrs. Arnold who died at age 73, but apparently it was old age. Yeah. Um, there was another Mrs. Arnold who perhaps had hung herself in the attic. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a whole lot of stuff said about like all these deaths that occurred on the estate, but when you're people who have actually tried to put in like the the research to try and verify a yeah, lot of this information, no real it's evidence. yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. In Andrea Perrin's book, the it states that the estate had been host to two suicides by hanging, one suicide by poison, the rape and murder of an 11-year-old girl named Prudence Arnold by a farmhand, two drownings, and the passing of four men who froze to death. Huh. Now, the records did show one uh, one guy did actually freeze to death in the barn. The other stuff, like the 11-year-old Prudence Arnold, she did have her neck cut. She was murdered, but she was murdered in, like, Massachusetts. Oh, she had never yeah. actually lived in the estate. Yeah, so, yeah. so this, like, weird old book that she was, like, referencing and that apparently Carolyn had been referencing to, like, research what was going on, like, the past of the house. Like, it's just kind of full of, like, anything, like, with anybody who had the surname Arnold. Uh, Which is not uncommon. Yeah, they, yeah, they just kind of associated any tragedy happening to somebody named Arnold as actually happening on the estate. And when, in yeah. fact, most of it <laughs> did not happen on on the estate. Yeah, that's kind of silly. 
As to the help that was given by Ed and Lorraine Warren, it was not all that helpful. Not not like it's depicted in the movie where they, oh, you sure. know, <laughs> they managed to rid the home of demons and everyone lived happily ever after. So if Ed and Lorraine Warren were accurate, if the movies were accurate to how they were, they wouldn't be a controversial Right, people. They would be. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, no, they're badass." It would be like, they would be like, you know, like everybody people, needs to call, like, you know, they're, yeah, they're like yeah. the Instead Ghostbusters being like, or something. I don't know, they're kind of sketchy a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, don't get close to uh, your heroes, I guess. <laughs> Andrea Perrin would say this of Ed and Lorraine Warren: "Quote." They only came six times in total over a year to conduct their investigation, and only when my father wasn't around for the most part. They must have picked up on his vibe, not too difficult to do. It was obvious he didn't welcome their intervention or want them on the premises. My mother grew to trust them and believe that they were being ardent in their desire to help release our family from such a predicament and sincerely concerned about our experiences, especially regarding us impressionable children. The Warrens' investigation culminated with Ed and Lorraine, along with a priest and a medium, holding a seance in the Arnold estate with Roger and Carolyn. Now, the children had been banished from the room that they were doing the seance in. But, you know, I mean, what way are you going to get kids to, like, actively try to watch what you're doing? It's just, like, go in the other room and don't you know, having anything don't to do. Don't sneak out while we're not paying yeah. attention. Uh-huh. And don't look and look at or uh, listen to anything going on in this room. It's for adults right. only. So, of course, Andrea and one of her sisters snuck down and watched the seance. <laughs> yeah. I would have. Fuck. In the middle of the seance, while attempting to make contact with the spirits of the house, uh, Carolyn Perrin seemed to become possessed. She began speaking in tongues, and her chair rose into the air. Huh. Andrea Perrin said this of the incident, quote, I thought I was going to pass out. My mother began to speak a language not of this world in a voice not her own. Her chair levitated, and she was thrown 20 feet across the room into the adjoining room. So, pretty freaky. Yeah. Apparently, Ed and Lorraine managed to get things under control, and whatever demon uh, possessed Carolyn and... You know, like, you know, picked her up and threw her across the room and caused her to speak in tongues, soon left. And as soon as that happened, uh, Roger Perrin threw the Warrens out and told them to, like, never come back. Huh. Yeah. They did come back one more time to make sure that Carolyn had survived the aftermath of the incident. But when they came back, Carolyn refused them entry to the farmhouse. Wow, weird. Yeah, Carolyn felt that even though she felt the Warren's intentions were good, they essentially um, made things worse by their presence. So they provoked a fucking 
something. Yes. And he got pissed off and fucking threw her 20 feet. Yes. Jesus. Now, after the seance, the strange happening, the haunting, like, continued until they moved in June of 1980 when they were finally financially able to sell their place and get a new place down in Georgia, and they got the fuck out of there. But it was never at the, um, like, the level of violence that it was previous to the seance. So... I guess in some ways it it helped, but but yeah, the the activity continued. Let's just say in, until they moved in June of nineteen eighty. Do you know anything about the the next owners? Yes, I do. Real quickly, I will tell you that Lorraine was haunted for the rest of her life apparently by the, what she had witnessed during the seance in the home. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'd actually she I'd, told, I'd heard that. Yeah, she talked to USA Today about it and said, quote, the things that went on there were just so incredibly frightening. It still affects me to talk about it today. And in 2011, that is when Andrea Perrin released the first volume of House of Darkness, House of Light, which, um, you know, tell, tells the story as, as she, can rem- she and other family members can recall it. Uh, there was two other volumes of that book released in 2013 and 2014. Norma Sutcliffe would be a new owner, although it was between 1980 and 1987 when Norma Sutcliffe moved in. Allegedly, someone had bought the house and had somebody restoring the house back to the way it was, like, in the 18th century, and that person experienced something so terrifying that they bolted in the night, got in their car, drove off, left behind all their tools... Like, literally just drove off and never came back. And wow. then the owners just let it sit vacant because they were a little sketch about having anyone else there or being right, there themselves. Right. Norma Sutcliffe and her husband moved in in 1987 and remained there until 2019. Now, she felt the most bothersome thing about living in the Arnold Estate was the movie The Conjuring. Because after that movie came out, she said it was a, a quote, real-life nightmare, end quote, because of all the people that were constantly coming onto her property trying to get a look at the house. Probably stealing bits off of it. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just like the... uh, uh... That other house, the the one, the Ryan Reynolds movie, uh, where uh, he was in a haunted house, hmm. and it was based on a true story. You know, the one with Ryan Reynolds came out in two thousand five. Did an can't episode remember. on it. Uh, Amityville. Oh, Amityville. Uh, oh, well, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like people... you know, Amityville was something Ed and Lorraine, uh, yeah, investigated as well. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, people after that movie came out because that movie came out in, like two thousand five. People would go and like pull pieces off the fucking property and shit mm-hmm. because they'd be like, Oh, look what I got. And just, I know, guess I forgot that Ryan mess. Reynolds was in a movie about Amityville because that just yeah. seems not something Ryan Reynolds would be in. Yeah. Well, he was early on, earlier on in his career. <laughs> now, 
Norma Sutcliffe did has it did experience some things going on while she was there, but it was limited to like chairs and beds vibrating, uh, doors opening and closing all by themselves, and <laughs> occasionally some disembodied chattering going on in the next room. That's lovely. And at one time, there was like a blue like orb, like light orb that appeared in the living room. But they always kind of was like, there is an explanation for this. So, yeah. Her and her husband were not big believers. And her husband died of a, a stroke a few years before uh, Norma sold the house. The next people to own the house would be Corey and Jennifer Heinzen. Now, real quick, before uh, Mrs. Sutcliffe sold the house, she did, even though it was like a nuisance to have all the, the such a uh, infamous house, she did allow for an episode of Ghost Hunters to be <laughs> filmed there. And it was season two, episode seven. And so early on in the yeah, Ghost yeah. Hunters franchise, uh, the only thing that was recorded was that like a door uh opened on its own and apparently like maybe some uh a little a, a couple of things picked up on the on the evp but yeah closet door Nothing. opening and closing so that 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 was all that was that captured was the biggest thing that happened there mm -hmm. yeah Corey and jennifer heinzen bought the farmhouse in June of 2019, and they are actually paranormal investigators, and so they have documented lots of paranormal activity. Uh, doors opening, footsteps, knocks. Um, apparently, they saw a shadow person in the living room at one point, and, wow. which they thought was like an awesome experience. So they seemed pretty gung-ho about... They're pretty stoked on it. They're pretty stoked on it. Now... I believe in 2021, some furniture was found. Believe it or not, Norma ran a daycare for like 20 years in the house. And so there was still some like furniture left in the basement of uh, from when the, the daycare was up and running. And one of those pieces of furniture had a child's drawing on it, which was clearly a kid's drawing of a bent neck lady. Was it? Wow, that's fucking creepy. It is creepy. Yeah. That's super creepy. That kid was so, like, I've fucking seen it. I've uh -huh. fucking seen it. i seen it. i drawn it on his desk so that I will always remember, like, the bent neck lady. Uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved with uh, Shane and uh, Ryan. Uh, yeah. They they spent the night in in the Conjuring house, and they went into the basement, and you could see, like, the desk with the drawing of the bent neck lady on there. It's pretty creepy looking. I believe it. As far as what they actually experienced, it was kind of the same. Uh, doors opening and shutting by themselves. One time it was the front door that opened all by itself. Oh. And then picking up a couple of things on the EVP, uh, a couple of signals from a flashlight, you know, like... If you are here, like, you know, turn this light off and then now turn it back on. And it, and it did that yeah, a couple yeah. times. But other than that, pretty uneventful. The scariest thing for me was like the bent neck lady. Yeah, that's creepy. I mean, that's just fucking creepy as shit. It is creepy as shit. And I mean, there's a lot of like skeptics out there that are just like, you know, like, oh, Ed and Lorraine were total frauds. And this family was 
crazy and they're making all this stuff up. I mean, and yeah, there's, I mean, the movie took some liberties. I think Carol, I think uh, Andrea Perrin uh, with all of her books definitely took some liberties because like her sources are pretty lacking in all the murders and suicides and terrible things that allegedly happened there. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I still think that the house is haunted. With something that old, you'd think that it would be hard for it not to be. Right. And Bent Neck Lady, I mean, the fact that, like, some kid that was in that daycare, like, drew Bent Neck Lady, I mean... Yeah, just fuck all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just... I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Well, the Heinzens own the house up until this year, 2022. So they did do... Wow. They did ghost tours. They did everything. It's un... You know, I'm not sure why they sold it. Although, apparently, the new owner said that they sold it to them on the condition that they never live in the house. Weird. And it's interesting, though, because for two people that were so kind of like public about what they were experiencing and how, you know, like you said, stoked they were on the house. Yeah. The fact that they put that clause in there to the new owners, but have not themselves disclosed why it was suddenly became like, uh, you know, a place that they like really loved living in and wanted to open up to the public to somewhere where it's like, yeah, we'll sell you this house, but never fucking live here. Maybe they don't think other people can handle it. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, they did make a quite a bit of money off of the house. They had bought it for like 463000 in 2019. When they yeah. sold it in 2022, they sold it for $1.52 million. They had listed it wow. for one point two. They got 27% above asking. Crazy. I mean, the earlier part of this year, it was definitely a seller's market. Yeah. You know, that's for sure. But I mean, Jesus Christ. million. I mean, they, that's like double, double what they, oh, or almost triple what they pay. Yeah. More than triple. I was saying, for a second, I thought it was 700 K they bought it for, but it was 463. Yeah. No, that's, that's so, yeah, that's good. They made off with a, with a pretty penny. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be, that was the motivating factor was that they could just sell it for like a shit ton of money. Um, But why the clause? I don't get it. Yeah, that's really strange. Yeah, I I don't get it. So the new owners uh, apparently continue to keep the house uh, open to the public, you know, for a fee. But you can do day tours. You can spend the night. You can do ghost tours with people that have, like, the equipment, like the EVPs and everything. Yeah. Or if you have your own equipment, you can like rent it out with a group of friends and do your own investigation. So everything is available for a price currently. If you're on the East Coast or if you're willing to travel to the East Coast. Yeah. Absolutely. And the um the new owner is named Jacqueline Nunez. So she, Do you want a tour or whatever? Get a hold of her, I guess. <laughs> well, you can actually. They have their own website. I think it was created when um, the previous when the Heinzens were still living there. Yeah, yeah. But it's still. I, I got on it and looked, and like you know, and like went so far as to like you know, yeah, I want to book a tour and and like pick a date and stuff, and it all like went through like up into the point where I got to pay, and then I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, I'm. Yeah. Not, not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that because I'm not going to Rhode Island like anytime soon. No. 
Not to say that I wouldn't if I did happen to find myself in the area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's point, for it's adults. A it's a, a simple day tour is twenty five bucks. I did not look into the prices of the other ones. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's probably like the minute. That's about for the minimum package you get like the day tour for 25 bucks not not too bad not too bad no not at all it's you can just look at it's www.theconjuringhouse.com and it's that easy it's just that easy just that easy and you can get on and book your tour or your uh you know your night stay or your ghost hunting whatever whatever it is that you want to do whatever you want to do um at this time the house sits on 8.5 acres of property not the original 200 that um andrea that i'm sorry that carolyn and roger had had owned when they owned the house they had ended up having to sell a lot of their acreage because they fell on hard times and god who needs 200 fucking acres these i know days? well i mean i guess it just depends on what you're doing with the 200 acres right i mean so, that's a lot of grass to mow oh my gosh yeah 8.5 acres is a huge amount of property. So, yeah. It's a goodly is. amount of property there. And my sources for this story www.geekslop.com, www.cosmopolitan.com, all that's interesting.com, www.hollywood versus history versus hollywood.com, globalnews.ca. And, of course, uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved with uh, Shane and Ryan, my, my fave course. guys. Of course. <laughs> I always enjoy something where I can, like, oh, I think BuzzFeed did an episode on this. So let's, let's sit back and watch. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it for today. Uh, that was a crazy story. Uh, I would actually like though? to see that, that, that house someday. Yeah, and go online to the website because it it has like a it's like a just a video clip of of the house at all different angles. So yeah, you it shows can, the property. And yeah, it shows it all the property. Kinds of I looked at it real mm-hmm. quick. Oh, yeah. you did look it up real quick already. Yeah, well, yeah. well, well, good on you. Good on you yeah. for that. <laughs> but right. yeah, uh, what real quick? What, what's your take? What do you think? Do you think? Um, you think the it's house was weird haunted? that it, I mean, it, it's strange that there's not like a lot of uh, stories from before the mm-hmm. parents or whatever and then it's weird that like afterwards people are just like yeah i don't know and it seems like the people could be kind of biased like i don't know it's probably got something going on it is an old fucking house i think there is something going on i mean definitely nothing prior to i mean that we andrea anyway. claimed I mean, that before there were stories of disturbances and hauntings uh from every previous owner you know allegedly supposedly right except right. for uh one where it was a person who uh like a pastor and his wife lived there and apparently experienced no uh disturbances but lorraine warren had uh reason that to believe because he was a pastor and like the uh, you know the bad entities would have been afraid of him or they would not have wanted to admit to um the ghosts you know due to yeah yeah, yeah credibility issues it. and all that kind of stuff. Totally. So, I don't know. But, yeah, it seemed nothing before and nothing after was the level of what the parents uh, experienced. Yeah. But, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I tend to be a little skepti- skeptical of, of some of it. But I, I don't know. I, I think that I believe the house is haunted. 
I mean, shit, I think my own fucking house is haunted. There's shit that happens <laughs> yeah. that doesn't, you know, just they hear, I, I've heard disembodied, uh, crying, disembodied, heavy, obscene breathing. <laughs> yeah, that's no good. <laughs> and I mean, I heard that. So, I mean, I, I heard it as much as I'm hearing you talk to me right now. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, either I hallucinated the shit out of it while fully awake or, yeah, like I have no explanation as to, to how that happened. Other than, yeah, maybe it's a little haunted. So I, I, I buy I buy that the Arnold Estate is is a is a place of hauntings. Yeah, maybe sure. it was just because there were so many young people there was just all that extra energy or something. And it, that's could why it, so it could be. It could be. I mean, um Yeah. And uh Ryan uh Bergara had said in, in BuzzFeed Unsolved, you know, maybe like uh the devil every once in a while just kind of uh you know, spins the globe randomly and is just kind of like, boom, these guys right here. Just like, just randomly, you know, it's like for whatever reason. Specifically. Yeah, for whatever reason. I mean, people before and people after can have a relatively peaceful coexistence with whatever spirits are in the house. But for whatever reason, like these guys, it's like, no, fuck these guys. Like, we're just going to like, fuck their world up. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a situation like that. Who knows? Who knows? Weird shit. It is weird shit. But yeah, I thought it was a good one for for spooky season. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, you know, you can find us at Facebook, Stranger Than Podcast. We got a uh, group that we never really do anything to there called the Strange Space. I post uh, you, memes sometimes. Sometimes there's memes Let's on be fair. There. <laughs> uh, we'd love to hear your stories, so you could send us any sort of ghost stories or anything like that to strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to read them online. Um, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash strangerthanpodcast. For $1, you will get a crisp high five if we ever you know, see you. Uh, for $2, you get these uh, regular episodes ad-free. And for $5, you get a true crime episode every month. And with that, we'll talk to you next time. And stay strange.